0: Welcome to the Office Space Podcast with your host, Dougal Jeppe, where he and his guests discuss relevant topics
1: that are affecting occupiers of office space.
0: Welcome to the Office Space Podcast, where we discuss relevant topics that are affecting occupiers of office space. My guest today is Stephen Brown, Vice President, Global Market Development, with the International Well-Building Institute, more commonly known by its acronym or referred by its acronym, IWBI. Featured on Fast Company's world's most Innovated companies list in 2019, IWBI is leading the global movement to transform our buildings and communities in ways that help people thrive. Launched in 2014, after six years of research and development, The well-building standard is a premier standard for buildings, interior spaces, and communities seeking to implement, validate, and measure features that support and advance human health and wellness. Stephen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. With health and wellness being front and center for most companies, I'm excited to hear more about IWBI and some of the things your organization is doing around the world. So let's get into it. I'd like to start maybe a little bit um, understanding your background and how you got involved uh, with IWBI and what your role is there, Stephen. Sure. Um, so when I was
1: based in Hong Kong, actually with a uh, furniture manufacturer at the time supporting global clients across Asia-Pacific, Uh, our Shanghai showroom was actually going through the Well Building Certification, one of the first in Asia. Uh, I instantly uh, learned about the standard, fell in love with the standard, and spent my last year there uh, telling all my clients about it and saw how excited they uh, were getting. So uh, when I came back to New York uh, a little over four years ago, I then joined the Well team. uh, And in my current role, I spend a lot of my time educating senior stakeholders, uh, in global firms still from uh, you know C suite to uh, HR real estate facilities operations sustainability wellness teams basically trying to figure out how to leverage all of the well strategies and programs to help them develop human capital metrics for ESG reporting for sustainable development goal reporting for GRESB reporting as well as overall health and wellness uh, initiatives
0: so when, when we got connected, I know you were talking about some of your large you know, clients. I don't know if you're able to say names, but large financial t- institutions and things like that. Um, how do they find you or how do you find them in this environment? Great question. So there's sort of
1: a pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. Uh, pre-pandemic, uh, there's a lot of me reaching out and finding them. And a lot of them, especially leading organizations, would reach through us directly or through their consultants post-pandemic, uh, everyone has been just ringing our phone off the hook. So it's been very easy to get in contact because everybody at the C-suite level right now is focused on healthy buildings and the health and well-being of their people.
0: Yeah, you guys are right there at the tip of the spear, so to speak. Yes, indeed. So what's the easiest way for, for, for our uh, listeners to understand the International Well-Building Institute?
1: Yeah, I think the, the simplest way to help people, because most people know uh, uh, USGBC and, and lead relationship. So if you think of how USGBC is kind of the supporter, keeper, manager of the LEED certification, IWI has a similar developer manager support role for the well-building standard. Uh, so that's kind of the easiest way to describe it.
0: Great. So what is the well-building standard and how does it maybe differ from LEED or other similar certifications? Sure. So, you know, the, the well-building
1: standard is, is ultimately to focus on improving the health and well-being of, of people everywhere, uh, especially leveraging through real estate. If you think of the well-building standard, it's really a lot more holistic than many of the other certifications out there where it kind of has features that address design and construction things, uh, HR policy items, and then features around building operations. It's that combination of all three that really gives the most impact for the healthy uh, outcomes of people in in those spaces. Uh, The standard itself, uh, you know, has around 10 concepts and features within those 10, the things to help support, you know, positive healthy outcomes around air, water, nourishment, light, movement, thermal comfort, sound, material, mind, and community. Uh, And and if you were to kind of Try to compare it to other certifications like LEED. If you put them next to each other, uh, there's generally about a 20% give or take overlap. Uh, and that overlap is generally around air quality features and uh, healthy materials going into a space. After that, we go in completely separate directions. You know, LEED and other green certifications focus on the environment and energy savings. And, and WELL focuses on the, the human health and well-being of people and the outcomes uh, it takes to, to get there.
0: And are the standards the same across uh, the the world, or are there different standards in in certain countries? Uh, Just for WELL specifically?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so WELL truly is a global standard. So on day one, we launched this globally, uh, unlike other certifications that might have started in the U.S. and worked their way around the world. We came out global, and uh, what helps us become more global over time is we're constantly evaluating local standards, uh, other certifications, building codes, and applying those and folding them into our standard real-time. So the more projects we have in the system, the more things we learn about global uh, differences that help fold and and make the very flexible well system uh, uh, the most impactful uh, every every time you use it.
0: Okay. So if we... If we're looking at this from the most basic, you know, standard here, the, the basic perspective, can you can you give us an example um, or maybe like even a case study of a project you've initiated for a client and um, what went into that? Sure. I mean, generally, when you're just talking about one single well project,
1: you, know, you kind of have to go through their overall goals of, of the project. And generally speaking, when we're involved, it's organizations that care about both people and planet. Which are really kind of the top two uh, focuses right now, uh, especially for ESG reporting uh, initiatives.
0: Uh, and can it, when you say ESG yes. can you yep, can you explain that?
1: You bet so uh, right now if you're watching the markets, the financial markets, uh, you know environmental social governance uh, is, is a reporting mm-hmm. of public organizations uh, of what they're doing to one help the planet, what they're doing around social issues, what they're doing around the governance uh, in general. WELL actually lines up very uh, very nicely with the social piece. And, and the social reporting metrics have always been hard to like, accomplish in the past before WELL came on board. you know Before people were saying, hey, my wellness program is better than yours. Well, that's really apples to oranges. But now that we have the WELL certification and especially WELL portfolio, which we can maybe get into a little bit later, is now organizations have a global third-party verified consistent benchmarking metric around the human health uh, uh, initiatives that they're doing. So that that's been a huge, uh, huge help for uh, organizations, especially now, because everyone is focused on uh, health and, and well-being of their people. And then, of course, on the environment side is where all the green certifications help support and give metrics, uh, but we also help with some overlap there.
0: So it sounds like you have a lot of metrics um, to measure certain things, um, which I know is always, you know, there's skeptics out there that have been questioning, how do you measure productivity and how do you measure health and wellness? Um, mm mm-hmm. And so do you feel that that's pretty clearly uh, demonstrated now? Yeah, right now,
1: it's, it's, it's not even a question. Uh, only because, mm-hmm. I mean, if you really wanted to get uh, you know, details on return on investment and metrics, actually all the features of our standard, you can find the science and, and, and case studies that supported those features. You know, we already know, you know how much uh, good lighting quality improves productivity. Uh, we already know what you know, good health and, and good nourishment and, and movement, all this has impacted productivity and our health and well-being. It's very simple. Happy, healthy people are just more productive and more engaged. And I think now that everyone's focused on health and, and wellness right now, it's not even a question. Now it's more like if we don't do something around health and wellness of our people, we're just not going to have anybody that wants to work for us anymore. And we're definitely not going to be able to find new talent as this thing starts to open up and and unfold. Because if you're not showing them you're doing everything you can to create a healthier uh, environment for them, you're going to lose people and you can't even measure that ROI. That would be a a very big negative one, (laughs) for
0: instance. Okay. So what are the most pressing specific topics uh, for clients right now that you're addressing?
1: Yeah, so back to sort of ESG reporting, uh, it's really become a a big topic. And again, most of the strategies are around uh, people and planet, you know, human capital metrics or, uh, you know, climate change, environmental uh, metrics. Uh, Because if if you're not showing that you care about those two things right now, uh, the people that work for you, the people that want to work for you and the people that are investing in you, Uh, are going to think you don't have a long-term strategy that's important. So that's just a bare, bare minimum. Uh, And then back to the just basic health and safety. I mean, right now, everyone is just trying to figure out how do we make our environment safe? How do we show our employees and customers that we've created this healthy environment? Uh, And then long-term, what are we going to do to to help measure and continue to improve this? Because you can't just do one or two fixes and then be done. This is now a long-term journey and we do have short-term and long-term goals to help people through that process.
0: So what's the actual deliverable you provide and how do you you allow or do you provide it for the companies to implement or do you help them implement your recommendations? (laughs) Yeah. So
1: if you look at uh, kind of suite of strategies within the the well family, uh, there's kind of uh, three major parts of it. The the first one is, is a brand new program called the Well Health Safety Rating. Uh, And that actually came to be from a task force that we pulled together from almost 600 uh, experts from multiple disciplines around the world uh, when COVID hit. Because we knew there are a lot of things we don't know, and we needed the the full brain trust of everyone to learn real time. And one of the things that task force told us is that we need to have some type of program that doesn't take any capital expense, uh, that can be uh, implemented relatively quickly, uh, just something that they can show their employees and Customers, uh, again, this is for consumers to have confidence to come back in whatever environment that's out there, is that they've gone through all the health and safety protocols, policies, operational uh, systems, uh, and that's been third party vetted, uh, which is what we do through our GBCI as well. But it's just a documentation review on policies. Then you get that sort of seal that's put on the outside of your space or retail or sports venue or anything that your people are going to come in that basically says, you have done everything you can around operational policy protocols to, to keep that environment safe. And that was, that's something that could be done relatively quickly. And most people scramble to really tighten up all their policies. So this is a little easier to achieve. Longer term, uh, a lot of organizations, especially uh, the, the larger global uh, corporations, are then enrolling in our Well Portfolio Program. And that's a longer term play where the overall goal is to improve the health and wellness of all your assets, over time. It's not necessarily certifying every location. You don't even have to certify one location. You're just trying to achieve well features uh, to, again, improve the health and well-being outcomes of of every asset around there. Every year you get a portfolio score, something you can report for uh, ESG and how you're doing. Uh, And then eventually you can certify strategic assets once you achieve enough features. Uh, And most people like to do that, especially in
0: strategic HQs in different regions. Stephen, what are the general cost considerations around these how much are our clients going to spend on these sort of services
1: yeah good question so if you're just well certifying one location let's say uh, we really simplified the uh, the pricing as well as the flexibility for both the existing buildings and newer buildings uh, with a very simple model so any size building uh, the enrollment cost is $2,500 after that, for an interiors project, it's just $0.16 cents a square foot. So very simple math. And there's a the cap. So it's not it continues to go up. Uh, the cap is at 98000 So for the bigger projects, um, you don't have to keep paying per square foot. And if you're a developer or a landlord and you just want to well-certify the core space to deliver to your tenants, that's just $0.08 cents per square foot for simple math. If you look at the health safety rating, uh, that's a different model. That's a per-location uh, pricing system, uh, and that has a multiple uh, locations. So the more locations you put in, the less cost per location it is. Just to give you an extreme example, like Morgan Chase, who recently enrolled their entire portfolio, over 6,000 locations, both office and retail, uh, that ended up being, uh, you know, less than $30 a location. Um, if you, uh, you know, put in 10 or 12 buildings, you know, that that might be uh, – uh, like 8 75 per location, just to give you a flavor. And that pricing is available on, online and on our, on our website. For the Portfolio Program, which is becoming much more popular, especially with the Fortune 500 uh, clients, because once you do the health safety rating, that's just the beginning of the well uh, journey. You know, that's just a, a subset of features focused on the health and well-being and COVID-related uh, concerns. To go through the full system, you want to continue with Portfolio, and that is a long-term uh, program where it's a subscription model Based on how many square feets in your total portfolio, and that goes up or down each year when you resync, and that's about a penny a square foot, up to 10 million square feet, and after that it, it gets less than a penny a square foot. And again, there's a cap in that program as well, and that covers all well certification fees, pre-certification, recertification. It also includes the health safety rating as part of that. The only thing it doesn't cover is the actual performance verification if you choose to certify any locations during that year.
0: And just to be clear, this could be uh, obviously it's a whole building, but it, it could it could also be space within a building.
1: That is correct. It's you can set the parameter. It can be one floor, two floors. Uh, I've seen some projects do uh, less than one floor, okay.
0: but it's, it's generally chunks of floors uh, or, or buildings. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then once they achieve this, you know, safety rating, are they then promoting it internally with the employees? letting them know, are you guys providing any sort of services to help build that brand awareness about either the healthy building or the healthy space?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot going on uh, in in that uh, respect. So first of all, yes, uh, the the organizations we're working with uh, are definitely uh, wanting to promote this internally and externally to the marketplace. What we're actually going to be doing starting uh, late January of 2021 is we have a huge TV Ad and print media campaign that's going to come out and actually promote the Well Health Safety Rating. And why that's important is because one, it's going to be like a public service uh, announcement tone, uh, and it's going to have some uh, A-list celebrities. Uh, actually, uh, I can give you some names: uh, Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Michael B. Jordan, Robert De Niro, Venus Williams, Wolfgang Puck, Deepak Chopra, and Dr. Richard Carmona, uh, the 17th uh, U.S. General, Surgeon General. Mm-hmm. But when that hits the TV, it's going to be educating the entire market, one, around sort of healthy buildings, uh, that topic. But they're going to look for the seal physically because it basically says look for the seal is the tone of the uh, message saying, hey, if you see a seal on a building, you know that that organization has done everything they can to create a healthy space based on protocols, policies and operations. Uh, So once that goes out, your consumers, your employees, uh, CEOs are all going to see that. And ask sort of where your seal is. So you kind of want to get in front of that uh, so you can be able to leverage that uh, brand awareness that we're about to hit the market.
0: That's pretty cool. Your phone should be ringing a little bit more.
1: Yeah, no, we're uh, looking to expand the team and get some help uh, as we speak
0: because you know that's what's going to happen. Who is Michael B. Jordan?
1: So that is the uh, this year's sexiest man alive. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, saw that recently, but uh, no, I missed that. He, uh, he, he is an actor. Yeah, he's he's an actor, okay. and uh, he, he just made so.
0: <laughs> I know the Michael Jordan. The yeah, I was going to say Jordan. coming
1: from Chicago, that that could be uh, confusing. Right
0: there, you go. Um, well, that's great. Yeah, so that's kicking off in January, and the expectations is that a lot more people are going to be asking those kind of questions. Well, that you know more and more companies are just trying to figure out ways to get their employees back safely. Right. And then, exactly. And then once, once they feel safe, you know what that work from home component is, do you guys do any of the um, I mean, do you guys address work from home versus be in the building per se? Is there any component of that aspect uh, that you guys address?
1: Yeah. So we actually have beefed up some of the features in the well-building standard to uh, support and talk about working from home okay. because that is just an important uh, model going forward. Uh-huh. So that is definitely something. A lot of that's addressed through policies and mm-hmm. protocols mm-hmm. that make sure we support people that are working from anywhere because mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be a lot of <laughs> the new dynamic is you have to have the choice of working from anywhere. Right.
0: And are there any uh, you know, future collaborations or partnerships that IWBI might have in the future? Um, to scale up?
1: Yeah, I mean, we actually have a lot of partnerships going on with other uh, industries, whether it's in uh, you know the sporting industry, the hospitality industry. We've got some announcements that are coming out uh, in, uh, you know, uh, low-income housing. Uh, we- we've got a lot of partnerships to scale in different segments right now. Uh, one of the big things, though, that's going on right now is we're really trying to uh, have this scale through, uh, you know, legislation through uh, local and, and global governments. Uh, one success uh, of that effort is uh, this year we actually had the, uh, the U.S. Conference of Mayors. And if you're not familiar with this group of mayors, it's mayors that uh, run cities over 30,000 people. They actually put out a healthy buildings resolution this year. And they actually mentioned telling all the other uh, governors uh, across the U.S. to use the well building standard and or the well health safety uh, rating as part of a solution and kind of a guidebook on how to create healthier uh, locations in cities. And we're having those dialogues right now with multiple uh, governments and and, and legislation uh, opportunities throughout the world. So when you start seeing that hit, along with a huge amount of capital that's uh, getting ready to hit the markets around building healthy schools, healthy buildings in general, uh, I think that combination is what's going to make this thing pretty much
0: explode. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, have you seen any model examples uh, throughout the globe of um, maybe companies or even governments or, or some organizations that are doing this right already?
1: Yeah, actually, one, uh, there's, a, there's a TED Talk uh, uh, with uh, uh, the city of Wales. Um, they actually have a position there, Susan Howe. She, she actually has this new position, and her role in government is basically to evaluate any spending request that goes through the filter of is it good for the planet and is it good for the uh, citizens' health and well being? And if it doesn't meet that filter, uh, then the, those funds don't get approved. Uh, she had one example of, you know, funds came in to build more roadways, which, you know, a lot of cities do. You know, people keep coming in, we just build more roads, mm-hmm. which is really a horrible solution long term because mm-hmm. it impacts negatively the, the environment and health and well being. So those funds that were going to be spent on that were changed to more, you know, public transportation, to more bike lanes, to more city parks, uh, you know, things like that that would really help uh, the city on, on both fronts, uh, but still get people from point A to point B. So just, just one example. But a lot of different cities. Um, uh, Chicago is actually one, uh, you know, the, the city you know, 2030 initiatives and and a few others out there that are really trying to figure out how to do the right thing, again, both for people and planet uh, as, as the focus.
0: So we... Uh- Thank you for that. We covered a lot of kind of high level material. I know that um, there's a lot more as you peel back the onion on this. How can, how can brokers and occupiers learn more? I assume just go to your website and check it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that, that's an easy first start because we have tons of resources there as far as webcasts on information, uh, past webcast uh, interviewings, you know, really uh, important decision makers out in the marketplace. Uh, but they can also reach out to us. I, I've been doing actually a lot of large group webcast training to broker groups and, and others that are just sort of getting newer into this conversation. And it's a lot easier to sort of train everybody at once versus one at a time so if you've got you know your your group your your team uh and you just want to get a quick high level uh well programs update and what's going on in the marketplace and how you can uh, be a part of it you know reach out to me and i i can try to set something like that with myself or, or the team
0: perfect perfect last question i ask uh most of my guests this predictions for next year um what is the market going to look like what are companies going to be doing um what are your thoughts yeah well
1: that's that's, uh, <laughs> that's the big question right i mean actually the the, the vision that i I can look at about six months uh, just based on all the conversations with the the larger firms that i'm working with um, you know many firms are just trying to again do the, do the basics to reevaluate uh, what their space does what it doesn't do uh, to try to make it more comfortable and, and a lot of people aren't going to be coming back probably until you know beginning of summer uh, give or take on any sort of volume basis. Uh, so right now there's tons of uh, focus on how to support uh, employees, uh, you know, well-being, for instance. So a lot of new programs and policies are coming out and some creative uh, solutions uh, are, are coming out. You know, what the office does and doesn't do is completely uprooted. So that, that, that office is going to have a different intent. It's not about sitting down and getting busy work done. We, we see that we could do that at home. But that office needs to be more of a, a brand and collaboration and, and mentoring piece for younger uh, employees that are just struggling right now that can't uh, sort of get that uh, mentorship from the, from the more experienced people. Uh, so we're just trying to figure out how do these offices become that brand, that socialization, that training ground uh, that you just visit on a very strategic from time to time. It is not the just commute every day. That just doesn't seem to make sense, both for the people and planet, you know, and people are doing driving less and flying less, you can see blue skies and that's a good thing. So we don't want to come back exactly the way we left it. When we come back, let's keep focusing on people and planet. I can't say that enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just a better way to do it. So yeah, just be flexible and, uh, and hopefully some, some safety uh, things will, will be coming out, but yeah, it's a uh, wait and see.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's important work you're doing and, um, it's very interesting. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Likewise, really appreciate the time. Okay, thanks, Stephen. Right, take care. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Office Space Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time.